The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Our guest today is uh, John Morgan. John, thanks for joining us. Before we start, I do want to plug that on November the 1st, Cage Fury Fighting Championship. It's set to launch uh, CFFC Match Day. It's a new live event series. It says hat will feature, but that's wrong. That will feature a full slate of NCAA uh, division wrestling meets in the 2023-2024 uh, season. The first event is going to take place in North Carolina with West Point taking on Campbell University and North Carolina State University facing Presbyterian College. The series is going to feature a number of high-profile rival, uh, rivalries like Wisconsin versus Iowa State, Missouri versus Illinois, and these matches are exclusively on UFC Fight Pass. So I wanted to definitely mention that right up front. That's a professional right there that can not only point out the typo, but obviously just read right past it on the way as well. So thank you. But yeah, we're looking forward to it, man. Bring in NCAA Division One Wrestling to UFC Fight Pass, which is pretty cool. I mean, uh, obviously a fantastic sport in itself, but of course us as the mixed martial arts enthusiast, such a, a great base to build fighters from as well. So to kind of connect the two worlds together is awesome. And uh, if for some reason people need the, the hookup, they're doing a, a little special code as well. The code dual D U A L like a wrestling duel. You can get three months for the price of one on fight pass. So nine dates on the schedule coming up on USC fight pass. So looking forward to it. Another, another extension of the uh, cage fury family. They're doing great things at CFFC. And, and John, you've been, you've been covering UFC or MMA since about 2007, right? Yeah, full-time about that. I mean, the first UFC I ever went to was UFC 16 back in the day, I think 1999. What was the main event there? Do you remember that the main? That was uh, Frank Shamrock and Igor Zinoviev was the main event that night. The big slam onto the collar bone wow. and uh, scary. Thought Igor was out, man. It was a it was a wild time, man. So, that, yeah, kind of following it from them, but started covering it full-time like 2007, moved out to Vegas in 2008, and it's uh, been a wild ride, man. But, uh, John Morgan, I feel like I know you – a really long time. When did we meet? You were in the press. I remember you were there. You were doing this when I was fighting, obviously. But yep. when did we meet? When do you remember? It's been a while. It's been a long time. We're, we're getting old at this point. It's been a long time because, yeah, I've been around the sport for, for a long time. man. like I said, full time in 2007. But started doing it part time even before that. I was in the restaurant business at the time, kind of balancing both careers and uh and then finally just went all in. Love the sport so much. So let's make a run at this. We always got along, me and you, I feel. We did. We did. How, how do you not get along with Matt Sarah? You're a bad person if you don't get along with Matt Sarah. Well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bad person, Jim. You too. I, I said what I said. And I'm sticking with it. <laughs> you and John, not, not everybody loves me. Jimmy loves me, though. I do love Matt. It's, I can't imagine not loving Matt's just too genuine. You, you know, Matt, Matt is there's a hundred percent transparency with Matt. You always know exactly what he thinks and exactly where you stand. There's no bullshit. 
Now, John, what you've more written, did you ask for? I, honestly, it really is. You, you always know where you stand, and that, that is the best quality a person can offer you. You, you've written, how do you handle if you write something either negative or unflattering about a fight or, or something critical? Um, have you had any instances where fighters have come up and said, hey, that was bullshit, or why did you say that like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely gotten over the years. And it's, it's one thing that I always say to, you know, when I'm talking to younger guys or whatever, they're coming up in the career. I'm like, look, man, whether you're saying it on a podcast, whether you're putting it in social media, whether you're writing it, don't say something that you wouldn't say to somebody's face. I mean, right. if you have an opinion that you think, hey, I think you could have done better here, or I think you could have made an adjustment here, or I thought you made a, a tactical decision. All those things are fair criticisms. Yeah. But if you're going to say something and levy criticism, make sure it's something that you'd be willing to say to somebody's face and to sit down there and say, look, here's why I made that assessment. Because if you're not, if it's just snarky little shots that you're trying to fire off for street cred, uh, understand that if you run into that person somewhere, uh, they, they might have something to say about it, and you better be ready to live up to it. Like if you're going to go on a radio or, or write an article and say Cyril Gon's a bitch, you, you better be ready to bump into him and, and be confronted on that. That's it. And I think you got to understand that. And, and I think Matt would probably attest to this, right? Like every fighter out there says like, oh, I don't read anything. I don't see that stuff. I don't worry about it. Wrong. They do. They see that stuff. It gets back to them. And you know what I mean? It's again, criticism is fair. If, if you think somebody, you know, I didn't like your game plan here. It felt like you didn't make the adjustments when things were happening. Those are all fair criticisms. But, you know, I see these things where like, oh, well, that guy sucks. Or this guy should never be in the UFC or whatever. Right. It's like, come on, man. Like, why? what's the point of saying something like that? And would you say that to somebody's face if you were having a conversation with them? It's not good, I feel, if you're in this business, especially you know, in the media, you're going to, you're going to burn bridges early. If you start being real negative, you know what I mean? You're not going to be getting that story. People are not going to want to sit down and talk to you. So, you know, I'm there with you. That's why you probably, why you're in the business so long. I appreciate I it. Yeah. I'll hear you ruffling any feathers. You don't even, you don't even annoy Dana that much. Sometimes maybe you'll get him with a, a zinger or something. He'll be like, ah, John, but he's not, you know, usually, Really, he's, he's, I usually see him picking you early. No, yeah, we've I, uh, I a lot at the press conferences. He does, yeah. We, you know, it's funny with Dana. We've had our moments over the years. I mean, uh, we, we've had some issues, but a lot, you know, we'll handle that behind the scenes. Again, you, you're going to have a, an issue that needs to be brought out. You just talk to each other behind the scenes. It doesn't need to be brought up in the media and played out in the public and do that. Like, just you know, handle it like gentlemen. I think, but uh, yeah, every now and then Dana will get a little annoyed at all of us. We, we all take our turns catching some strays from Dana here and there, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so you can like do you, and you can feel when when that happens. Do you do you think like, oh, he's in a bad mood, or hey, I, I asked a question I shouldn't have asked, or I wish I would have asked that differently? Well, I think that goes back to the way you phrase things, right? And this is one thing I, I try to tell people like young guys coming up as well. I think there's a time and place for everything, right? You know what I mean? Like there's certain questions that at a big press conference ahead of a pay-per-view probably aren't going to go over real well while Dana's in the mood of like, hey, let's talk about this card. Let's talk about what's going on. You sure. know, maybe maybe post-fight or maybe if you want to say, hey, can we get a one-on-one -on -one or some time elsewhere? That's when maybe you can talk about some other things. So I think that's a time and a place for everything. And again, I think there's a way to to I think you said it spot on there, the way you ask the question as well, right? There's a way to ask things that are controversial or that may be a little bit, you know, tough to talk about without being a jackass about it, right? I just don't, I think you can have a little bit of tact uh, when you talk to people about things. John, were you at the fight? You, you go to every fight or do you ever just watch them? Or are you at every single fight? I used to go to everything. Now I'm trying to cut down a little bit. I live in Las Vegas, so everything here. I did not go to Abu Dhabi this time. I've got an 11-year-old son now. Oh, and, uh, okay. You know, it's it's uh, as much as it's so funny because there's no place I'd rather be on Saturday night than cage side for a fight. There's no better place to be. But a lot of people forget you're not just there for Saturday. It's the whole week. You know, you got the press conference, you got the weigh ins, you got the media day. And if you're flying to Abu Dhabi, it's taking you a day to get there and a day to get back. So, I, I, you know, you miss out on that time with the kid, which is tough. That's what is true. You... Uh, go ahead, Jimmy. No, no, Matt, you go. Well, I was just going to bring up the card, man. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. The, where, how are we delving into what? How are we going to? Sit in, how are we going to dive into this? What are we doing? Are we going to want to start the main event, or do you want to? Well, can I ask? Can I ask you guys a question both? Because I'm not sure. It, it is. Uh, I think Warley Alves went up to middleweight, uh, and uh, Volkanovski went up again, and then Kamaru went up again, and all three of them lost. Uh, was there anybody else that went up that I'm not aware of, and had Alves fought at middleweight before? It had been a while, I think, since he okay. competed at middleweight. But, yeah, you're right. And it's funny. You know, you saying that, I hadn't really thought about that, that all three of the guys that went up a division, it didn't go their way, man. That's a great point to put that all together. Yeah, it was – I thought Usman 
uh, with great third round. I was really happy for, for him. And uh, what, what did you think? Like the short notice obviously hurt him. Um, you know, I thought he was going to be finished in the first round. He looked like he was in deep trouble in that first round. Uh, what did you think of Usman's performance? Do you think a full camp would have made a difference or do you think that uh, Shemaev is just too strong? I think a full camp would have made a great difference. And I'll tell you what, I think if this thing had been a five-rounder instead of a three-rounder, we might be looking at a different result as well. And I think Usman's probably a little frustrated they didn't try to maybe push for five rounds. I thought it was a great performance. It was one of those ones where we still saw how amazing Hamzat Shemaev is, right? That opening five minutes, man, the aggression, the yeah. control, the grappling skills that he has, man, that is scary. And it's incredible to see. But you saw the championship pedigree of Usman, right, who didn't panic in those spots, who made sure to just technically defend and survive and get himself to the to the second round. And then the tides kind of turned a little bit. And, and, and I'll be honest, watching this live, I had 10-8 round one. I gave Hamzat round two narrowly, and I gave Usman round three narrowly. But I thought maybe a draw was potentially there because I thought Kamara Usman looked great over round two and round three. And, uh, boy, it kind of – it was – I think it was – I think – Usman really showed how great he is, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for taking this on short notice, for taking the guy that nobody wants to fight and putting on a heck of a fight. And I know how emotional and frustrated he was afterwards, but I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. But with Hamzat Shemaev, on the one hand, we saw how great he is, but maybe we saw some question marks as well, right? Like, what happens if you can survive that opening five minutes? What happens if you if you push him a little bit? Sounds like maybe he broke his hand as well. That's certainly going to factor sure. in, but... It is interesting. It gives you a lot of talking points coming out of that fight. Well, I mean, look, his two hardest fights, you know, with, with Kamara Usman now, I mean, when I mean hard, he's still dominated, but his fight with Gilbert Burns, another one to point to. What, what I mean, what do they have in common? We know he's going to come out like a tornado, but if you could survive that storm, you know, he's not coming out that same way in the second round in either one of those fights. So you could blame it on the hand, but then you got to look back at that Gilbert fight yeah. and say, all right, look, if is it, is he's still, he's still intense. He's still dangerous everywhere, but it's a drastic. And again, I don't know how much the hand came into play. I'm just, I'm just saying this because you have to also look back at that fight with Gilbert and they have that in common. He, you know, he slows down, he slows down, a, you know, it's a big difference between that first round and that second round as far as intensity. You know what I mean? But I'll tell you right now, nine out of 10 guys, eight out of 10 guys aren't surviving that first fucking storm. You know what I mean? Nope. But if they do, you know, they got to be prepared for that. So, I mean, you're going to see guys getting ready for them. All right, we're starting our sparring. Guess what? Start with uh, so-and-so having you flattened out and fucking it with a body triangle. So, you know, there's ways to prepare for this. Start, and start getting exhausted grappling and then dealing with it. And So, I don't know. It's interesting to see the game plans getting ready for him here on out. But that is a common theme we're seeing. He's slowing down after that first round. But, I mean, who's not? He's only human. I don't yeah, give a fuck yeah. if he's running the hills and if where's he? Where is he with, I get, not Dagestan. Where is he from? Uh, Chechnya. Chechnya. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I mean, I listen, you can have you're only human. You can only have your foot on the gas that hard for that yeah. long before it's, it takes a toll. It's at least something to take out, right? Because he's got that persona about him, right? Like, I'm just nonstop. I'm relentless. I'm going to smash. I'm coming. In. And it is the aggression that he has. Like, we don't see that out of a lot of people where he's just relentless on top of you. But as you said, Matt, just no human being can keep that up. For 25 minutes, you're going to slow down a little bit at some point. And so it's not necessarily a criticism, but it's just you're right. I think anybody that's going to go against them is going to know, I got to get ready for five minutes of hell. And if I can make it through that five minutes of hell, then we got a shot. Then we got a chance. But we got to get through that first five. And you guys, uh, one, one of the more interesting things on this card was I, I'm always – you very you, sometimes you see guys, especially when they fight Bobby Green. Uh, we asked Drew Dober about that. What is that like when a guy is kind of taunting you in the cage? Does it affect you? Um, some guys, yes. Some guys, no. Drew Dober was very funny. He admitted that it annoyed him. Uh, Mike Breeden against uh, uh, Anshul Jubil. What what uh, Anshul Jubil? What a fucking you know, up to nothing. I think uh, Jubil was, and that third round of watching him be frozen by Mike Breeden barking and doing all that stuff that works on a schoolyard uh, was really, really interesting to watch that. I don't think I've ever seen it clearly affect a fighter as strongly as it did in that third round. 
That was incredible. What a performance from Mike Breeden. I, I think that guy deserves a lot of credit because, yep. as you said, not only down two rounds to none, but let's remember this, 0-3 in his UFC career, right. right? I mean, he's probably he's, he's five minutes away from probably having his contract done, right? I imagine it's a four-fight deal. That's probably his last one. He's got nothing left to lose, so let's go for it. He comes out there, and it's just aggressive as can be. He's barking at him. He's yelling at him. He's screaming at him. Now, should be said he did miss weight, so there is a little bit of criticism. But as far as mm -hmm. that performance that round, man, I thought that was one of the, the greatest stories of the weekend. Certainly not the highest profile fight, but gosh, does he deserve some credit. I mean, that's amazing, right? I mean, sometimes, I mean, we, we all love great technique, right? We all love to break down some phenomenal techniques, but sometimes, you just like somebody going out there getting primal, right? And just coming out yeah. there like, let's go. We got to fight. Let's go. And that's what he did. And it's always that underdog theme or, you know, you're in somebody else's backyard and things aren't going your way. Every, you know, everything you said, it adds to it, you know? So when that does happen, this is the sport for it. Because you don't see that a lot in other sports, you know? It's boxing. If this guy's supposed to win, he's usually winning. But take it from this guy. You can get a fucking <laughs> fuck around. What do you know about underdog upsets? Have you been involved in upset? I don't I don't remember. I'm trying to remember the career right now. It's tough. It's been a while. It's the gift that keeps on giving, I'll tell you that much. <laughs>
you know, Javit changing his nickname to Javit the Nutcracker Basharat. I think that is. He did not. Did he do that on Twitter? <laughs> Jimmy, stop it, Jimmy. That was this. That was a little Jimmy the joke. <laughs> Jimmy. All right, gang. That was my little attempt at Jimmy. You know, my Joe Morgan, John Morgan. Jimmy's a stand-up comedian. So sometimes right. I try to show off. Like Jimmy sometimes tries to chop some, like he's doing jujitsu now. So he tries to sprinkle in, oh, I'm hurt from sore from doing a Kimura. He's trying to, you know, sure. I put it out. You did a Kimura, Jimmy. So sometimes I try to do little jokes, you know, okay. but that's usually my response. I get. So that I no, like Matt's really, jokes. He didn't. He didn't. No, you do not like my jokes. Jimmy. Yes, I do. You don't got to try to not hurt my feelings. Listen, Javid did not change his name. Javid did not change it to the Nutcracker. Thank God. Thank God. Bad taste. Bad joke. Yeah, it was, it was a good joke. Oh, I'm sorry to Jimmy more than anything. <laughs> it was a good joke. I was just, if he did that, I'm like, that's doubling down right there. That's oh, savage. No. That that would be savage. But uh, Muhammad, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I want to talk about Muhammad Makayev against uh, Tim Elliott. That was a great fight. Um, there was a couple of times Makayev was very close to being submitted. That he, he, I, he slammed Tim Elliott, reminded me of Rose against Jessica Andrade. He slammed him on his head. Um, I think it was an arm bar he was getting out of. Am I correct? Triangle. Was, oh, it was a triangle? Okay. Now, let um, me tell you. If, now, listen. Hindsight, my friend, is twenty twenty. But if he knew this, he knows this, I'm sure. I think he went to look for it after he was already had his after he's already a foot off the floor. But whether it's arm lock or triangle, a lot of schools don't practice it because they're used to not getting slammed in tournaments. Yo, man, listen, whenever they're going to stand up, it doesn't, they're not trying to do a technical fucking escape at that point. You know you're going to get slammed. Grab mm. under the leg. Your head should not be able to get a foot off the floor. That way they're not going to be able to slam you. You'll finish the choke. You could transition other things. But a guy could do, if you've never seen Quentin Jackson versus uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson versus Hikado Arona in Pride. That'll that'll teach you. That'll fucking Joe, you know what I'm talking about. One of the greatest slams of all time, man. That's one of the greatest slam highlights of all time. Producer, get on Fight Pass. Get that for my Jimmy. Matt, Jimmy, what fight did Aljo was Aljo grabbing the leg? Wasn't there a fight where they were, where Aljo was doing that? Uh somebody was trying to pick him up and he was no, he was he, holding the Yeah, I'm sorry. He was doing he was I'm about to cut you off, but with Aljo, it wasn't he might have did it from guard in another fight, but uh, in one fight he was um, who was it where he was on his back, and then he went to stand up to shake him off, and he grabbed around his back leg. <laughs> oh, he, that's right. Yeah, he was on his back. Yep, you're right. I you're right. Who it was, to be honest, but uh, he was trying was, to shake him off the top, and he grabbed his leg. Yeah, okay. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a nice move. But um, anyway, where were we? I have ADD. Talking about uh, Tim because Tim Elliott uh, oh. threw some very interesting <laughs> knees to the head, and it was like he was he's such a veteran. He was trying to just lift his hands up uh, real quick, and it looked like the guy was doing like a catcher squat, and he almost was down. Was he down? Was he not down? Uh, but there was a couple, I think, that were pretty questionable, and the ref finally uh, uh, put him back in a position, I think, because didn't they uh, pull him out of one that actually turned out to be legal? That's right. Like his yeah, hand so was he up. Stopped it. He stopped it, and he's like, oh, well, never mind. We got to put you right back in that same position. It wasn't illegal. That, that's the, the quote-unquote playing the game, right? Like making yourself a downed opponent when you're, when you're not a downed opponent. So it was, it was an interesting fight. As you said, it was a great fight. Mohamed Mukayev, to me, looks like the real deal, man, because yeah. even though he was in some bad spots, he got out of some bad spots. I love to see that. You know, dominant, when people are dominant, that's impressive. But when you see somebody get tested, when you see somebody get put in bad spots and find their way out of it, that's that's almost just as impressive as domination to me because now I know that your will's been tested and you can get out of these bad scenarios. This dude looks like the real deal to me. Not only was he did he get out of bad positions, but when he was in these – when he was caught in these submissions – there was no panic at all, even when they were deep. Even when somebody else would look to panic, he when he stood up, it's like he knew that slam was going to get him out of it. Where if that wasn't as as perfect as it was, or as brutal as it was, he wasn't getting out of that. that that's a fight ender. Tim Elliott's his submissions are pinpoint. He's very good at at, at, uh, at putting out your lights, and he's very good in the scramble. So. I was really impressed with Muhammad, man. I think that's a that's a future champ right there. Not to mention, uh, 
I was gonna Jimmy my joke. I was gonna say like, unlike Jimmy, he never tasted defeat. Jimmy likes the you know, Jimmy. Jimmy, I'm gonna buy jokes. Wait, but I, I yo Morgan, Jimmy, don't you? Jimmy, Jimmy. What? Anyway, watch this. I had he tasted never lost. Defeat. He never lost. Don't oh, good fetish, Jimmy. Did you blow toes at one point? No, I mean I have, I have. You're so I, stuck on toes. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I mean, could have waited. <laughs> Thank you for fucking up my talking with Jimmy. <laughs> Producer, next time, why don't we say no before you start fucking around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just anyway, really Jimmy, back to you with your foot fetish. Honestly, we were just talking about feet. I don't have a big foot fetish, Matt. Yeah. I have sucked some toes because I'm a good egg. Um, you, but, you, know. you, you had some toes in your in your mouth. Uh, who hasn't? I mean, of you course I have. The feet. Yes. I, never, I never did. I never really fucked around with those. All right. Uh, Mr. Morgan? What oh, podcast yeah. is this again? I thought we were I know, about I know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean, anyway, yeah. but sorry. This is listen, this is a podcast. We just like to shoot the shit. Sure. I'm looking, what do you like to do? We like to ask our fight is this. Now I'm gonna ask you as an MMA media guy, because people want to know. When you're not training, I'm only kidding. Do you train, by the way? I don't anymore. I did. I, I enjoy taking my kid. My kid does jujitsu four or five nights a week, and I love being there. I intended to train with him, but I love being there with him so much. I never start doing it again myself. Hey, John Morgan, you know, we disguised this whole you as a guest host as an intervention. We would were, we were talk. Listen, Jimmy, let's talk to him. Jimmy's training. Oh, you like watching your kid. How about you be around for your kid in the future? Jimmy, I got no, I got to play hard. All right. Jimmy, go with me on this. Hey, John Morgan, you know about MMA. You know jujitsu is not going to kill you. You take your kid to jujitsu? I do. I do as much as possible. Okay. Now, you, I, I don't know, man. I, you don't have to be Mr. CrossFit to do jujitsu. You could do it at your own place, at your own pace, right or wrong. True. No, 100%. I did. I trained when I was young. I trained at, uh, this is how old school we were at Lions Den in Dallas back in the day, man. That's where I first got the start when Guy Mesger and, and Ken Shamrock and Frank Shamrock, Pete Williams, Jerry Bolander, Trey Tellerman, Alex Andrade, that old crew back in the day. But yeah, wow. no, you, you, you're 100% right, though, Matt Sarah. When, when, when my kid got old enough to do jujitsu, the, the entire intent was for him to do it. And for me to do it as well, to get back into training, because I wanted to. But then I just, I, you man, you know, that support of being there and, and, and you know, what, you know, talking over every move he's making and, and, and supporting him off the mat. And I just enjoy that so much. But the That's original great. goal was for me to train as well. And you're right. I do need to start doing it again. So I'll, it. I'll accept your intervention here, sir. All right. No more guilt trip. I, I just want to let you know that because I think that's a nice thing because I train my kids all the time and my wife and it's so much fun, you know, well, and Jimmy's, Jimmy's loving it. Jimmy's I do love it. Yeah, I, uh, I, the, my, the, my, my instructor is really, really good, and uh, he has me. He has this blue belt helping, so I'll roll with him. And he's obviously not trying to submit me, or he'd fucking choke me every time. But it's just watching this really skilled grappler squirming, and you have to follow him and try to maintain position and get a new position when he turns. Like that's what's. It's the most exhausting thing I've ever done in my life, and I'm not it's, that great at it. But I just I love doing it. And like when you actually grab somebody's neck and you know that you have them for real, it is a great feeling. It's something you no. can do forever. It is valuable. And and let me say too, while you're saying it for adults, let me just say I think every kid, if you're a parent, your kids should be doing jujitsu, man. Absolutely, they should be training. Just get the the self confidence and the ability to defend themselves. What you know, the thing I always say is the thing. The reason it was important to me is that, man, we know what's going on in schools and bullies and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that my kid won't get his ass kicked. Maybe he will. But what I do know is that he won't be scared because he's been in physical conflict before. And we all know that's what bullies try to do is, is prey on that fear because you don't know what physical conflict is like. So if you're a parent, please get your kid in jujitsu. He won't be an easy target. That's it. That's I it. preach it all the time. Hey, you know what's a great idea? I like to pat on myself. I like to give myself a compliment before I even tell you. You know how they do that? Where are they now? They should do that about the whole team and keep the segment a little. Because, you know, I mean, there's only so much you can talk about one guy. You brought up the Lions then. The Lions then. Where are they now? The guys you mentioned. Yeah. Because, you know, I'll just one guy might not be that exciting because people might not know. But if you go to Lions and, oh, I remember that team. Oh, shit, that's the squad. You, those guys. Fucking 10 minutes on each guy. Five minutes on each guy. Bang, bang, bang. I don't I know. I think I think you're spot on, Matt. I saw, you know, in, in perfect segue there. I saw that Fight Pass is just releasing like a whole new series 
of where are they now? I think there's eight more of them just coming out. That's why you're a professional broadcaster, Matt Sarah. Well done. <laughs> but but I agree with you. I love that stuff. And 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 it's twofold. Number one, like we remember all those guys. So you to see and to and to relive all that. But also, man, just to keep documenting the history of the sport, right? Because now mm-hmm. you're starting to get so many new fans into the sport that don't know those names, that don't know those people. That you know, let them learn a little bit about the history of the people that kind of laid the foundation to get where we are now. Hammer House. <laughs> oh. Hammerhouse, amazing. Oh. Mark Coleman and Bill Baroni back in the day. And uh, man, that whole, man, that was a crew. Yeah, yeah, that was a crew. <laughs> uh, uh, let me ask you, Said uh, Nurmagomedov, unbelievable. I, I mean, his, the dexterity this guy has uh, in his legs, he's a really fun guy to watch. There's one fight, Matt, I'm sure one of you guys might know what it's called, but it was almost like he just hung his leg up a little bit and like almost slapped him with it. Do you know the, the, the moment I'm talking about? It was this beautiful head kick, uh, but it was more like a, a, a slap than a kick. Do you remember that moment or no? Is it the Saeed Nurmagomedov made off fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that one. I remember that just the choke was so amazing. But that that dude is talented. What's crazy to look at Saeed Nurmagomedov is how talented he is. He's not even in the rankings right now, man. That bantamweight division is stacked full of killers, man. There is so yeah. much talent in that 135 division. Yeah, when you're 18 and 3 and not ranked, um, you know, yeah, that pre- that is pretty impressive. Uh, and of course, always, my, my arms going to say, my arms always felt too short where he did it. I believe he, I got to see it again. I'm pretty sure he did it like the rear naked choke on the uh, – Right on the right, it was oh, dude. I've seen those before. You need those like those wiry arms for that. Oh, it's so nasty. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what uh what Muan was thinking, but you know, I counted to like three Mississippi when he kept his head in there. So, dude, you know, you got your head in that freaking bear trap. You better be ready to pull that shit out. Yeah, that was nasty, dude. Nasty. Anyway. That was all. That was all unnecessary. Fucking yeah. I'm just saying it was a beautiful guillotine. Well, it's true when you, especially when you're looking at it from the. I don't, as you said, I don't know what Muin was feeling, but when you're looking at it from the outside looking in, you see him thread the arm through, and then you see the hand come up on the other side. Yes. You're like, Yo, man, oh. that's <laughs> ugly. Danger. That's gonna be ugly. Yeah. Hey, Magomed versus Johnny Walker. Hey, man, let me tell you something. I get nervous when guys fake that they're hurt, and then also they jump into stuff. It's cool. Johnny Walker was doing some fun stuff, but that that knee from Magomed was um, it was. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying the guys. I, I don't know, man. Unintentional. How did win? I know he knows Johnny Walker's a tall guy. I mean, what do you think he's fighting me? The guy standing up. The guy was on his knee, obviously. I mean, that was a blatant knee in the face. Like, I don't know how that's even a question that that was. Right. It seemed like he was getting up. He was like sitting. He was down there for a second. There's, I don't know. What do you think about the knee? What do you think about the knee? There's a lot of questions about this. Number one, there's questions, again, how the doctor handled it, which is a, a conversation you can have on its own. But there's a real possibility as well that, you know, maybe this should have been a disqualification, right? I mean, Johnny Walker yeah. was very clearly down when that knee was thrown. I mean, it's, it's, it's an obviously illegal knee. So to call it a no contest, you know, I mean, I, I guess it's great. You know, no harm, no foul. Nobody gets result. Maybe we can run it back or whatever. But when you really break it down, as you said, Matt, pretty obvious the guy's grounded. It's not one of those ones where, you know, a fighter's, touching their hand down real quick and then pulling it up. And it's like the guy's kneeling there and you threw the knee right at him. So if, if that's the case, should that maybe have been a disqualification? I think there's a real a case for it. And let me ask you about the doctor too, because I know the doctor did get a lot of flack for, but this one, and I, I know Dana had referenced, he thought it might've been a language barrier, but I watched that back again and hearing what they said, Johnny Walker really did look lost and then after, when he starts walking around, like, what's going on? And he was, like, actually pushing one of the refs, which more just felt like, get out of my way, I'm going to fight. But that kind of speaks to the fact that he was affected very badly by that knee. Uh, the way he was responding after, like, he wasn't 100% sure of what happened. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced that he could have continued. He def- or, or at least when it was stopped, he might have been actually as fucked up as the doctor thought. I, I agree with you on that one, right? In the Victor Henry situation with the growing shot, I thought it was egregious the way he handled it. In this one, and you you laid it out, he asked Johnny Walker a question of where he is, and Johnny's kind of got this just 
kind of blank stare, right? Like he's not yeah. even looking straight at the doctor. He's kind of looking off in the distance and he takes a while to answer. And I guess eventually he said, you know, the desert, he was asked what country was. He said the desert. And that's the, the, the thing that Dana said in the press conference, like, well, he's not actually wrong, but it's what you said, Jimmy. It was, he waited a little while. There was no answer right away. And, 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 and then, as you said, even once the fight was waved off, he kind of, the way he moved forward was a little weird and he didn't. So I, I kind of give the doctor a little bit of a pass on it. I will say, I do wish maybe they had brought somebody in that, that speaks Portuguese because that's Johnny Walker's first language. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's learning English and he's getting better at it. But in a moment like that, chaos, you've just been hitting the head with a knee. You're, you got the buzz, the crowd's going on. Maybe bringing somebody in that speaks your first language would, would just be a, a nice little extra step to make sure you understand what's going on. Yeah. To get, <clears throat> yes. Uh, um, um, I, me. I disagree. Respect, okay. respect, respectfully. No. Yes? Yes. 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 Guys, listen to me. How many people were in the stadium? Off it? You just give me a roundabout number. What do you think? 15,000. 15, How many? Do you know? 15,000. 15, yeah, do you 15, know that? Yeah. I'm guessing. Thousands of people. Me. Being the man that was in the arena with the bright lights. I don't care how many times you've fought in there. It's a little 3D-ish. You understand? It's a little, it's a little, you're talking to somebody, but you're aware that there's thousands sure. of people watching you. You get need in the face. Now, whether he's a little stunned or not, he got need in the face. English is not his first language. When the doctor asked him what's going on, He's contemplating. He's just got, he's got cut. Keep in mind, he got cut also. Okay. He's asking him. Not his first language. Everybody's looking at him. He's thinking, all right. What did he say? Did he say, oh, I'm on a beach in Rio. Can I have an acai? No, that's not what he said. He said he was in the desert. Guess what? He was in the fucking desert. He was in the desert, Doc. Doc, look at him. Was he slumped over? Was there birds above his head? No. Dude, you fuck. You ruined it for that guy. You ruined it for Johnny Walker. So I don't know. I disagree. I think that by just his body language, you know, it's, it's you know, you just got need in the fucking face. You, you shouldn't have. You were all, you were down the pond. So there's a lot might be going through his head, but it didn't look like he was, like people giving Aljo shit. No, Aljo was fucking, Aljo didn't know what the fuck was going on. I honestly, I that's and I know that's how I feel. Uh, Johnny, he he wasn't pretending. I don't think he was off. Of, I think he was fine, and let, I think that's why he was like, "All right, let's get going." And dude, okay, I don't know. Let me I, ask you, Matt. Maybe because I, I think in that moment, uh, two questions. One is there a five minute time that the doctor could have given him, and did the doctor say to him, "What country are you in, or where are you?" He said, what country are you in? And he does have the five minutes to worry, but he said, what country are you in? When oh, someone says, say what country? Wait, did he? Are you sure? I'm, pr I'm pretty sure he said, what country? That would be like if you were fighting in Vegas and they said, what state are you in? And you said the desert. You are technically correct, but your brain is not functioning on a way where you're giving the answer that is the correct answer and the obvious answer. And I think they also asked, I think the doctor also asked him what round it was as well. And he wasn't able to answer that. Oh, oh yeah, and Jake raises a point. Hard to imagine that United Arab Emirates uh, rolls off the tongue. Maybe, maybe not. Um, that's a, that's a good point too. So maybe, yeah, maybe he didn't know how to say United Arab Emirates in uh, in English fast enough. Maybe in, in Portuguese that might have been different. I don't know. I mean, I think they would. I think they would have given him credit if he just said Abu Dhabi. I don't think anybody would have said, "Sir, right. that's actually one of the Emirates, not a country." You're clearly out of here. We've got to wave this thing off. There you, you know? go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was. But again, but to be accurate, and I like what you're saying, Matt, because you're 100 true about. It, but I think it's that it was the delay. It was the delay, right, Jimmy? The the, 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 yeah. the he asked him, and it wasn't like it was like he was just staring off in the distance, not looking at the doctor and not answering. It wasn't like he was like, uh, uh, I think the desert. I'm not sure. It was just, it just seemed like for a second he just wasn't there. And and well, this is a light heavyweight. This is Magomed and Goliath. This is not, you know, I mean, for a bantamweight, it's bad enough. For for a flyweight, it's bad enough. But this is a really big, very powerful guy. And that knee was that was a brutal knee. So I'm I'm not saying he was even right to stop it, but I don't. It wasn't as crazy as I thought when I watched that face on Johnny Walker. 
Uh, but hey, look, I'm sure they'll fight again. Uh, I mean, they run have to run this one back. Run it back. That's the only way, right? Run it's, it's, not, it's not needed. Run it back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. It's uh, really upsetting for about the Alexander Volkanovsky fight versus Lamakachev is you can't even say, yo, he had his hand down. He should have kept his hand up. Man, his right hand was glued to his cheek. Yep. It's such a game of inches. And, you know, but it, 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 he didn't really do much wrong. You know, it's just Islam did so much right. And the fact that it happened in the first round. There's another reason why it's a little bit more depressing. You could blame. I do feel a camp would have made a difference in a sense of how alert you'd be because you got the work in. You should be peaking at the right time. You've seen certain things coming at you for six, eight weeks. So he didn't have that going into it. But you can't blame it on like an endurance factor. So no, it, it's he, a rough one for Volk, you know. I yeah. think that's such a great point, though, because I thought the same thing watching it live. You know, you see it happen, you see the high kick land, and then you go back and watch the replay, and you realize, like you said, the hand is there. It just went right over it and caught the temple. I mean, a game of inches. And so, it, an amazing performance from Islam. And it should be said, by the way, that Islam did set that up, right? He threw to the body, he threw to the leg. It wasn't like it was the first high kick he threw and it just happened to land. He set that up. But to your point, you do think a camp would have to help a little bit, right? Like at least a game plan to make the adjustments. Yes, you you fought before, but now if on, on a 10 days notice and you got to fly there and you got to cut weight and, you know, all you're really doing is going off what you had from the last time. Meanwhile, you know, adjustments are being made and, and you, you could have done that with a full camp. So, I, I mean, I, I give all the props in the world for Bokanovsky for stepping up and doing this, but it's the way it goes. It's hard to imagine, even after a good camp, though, I mean, you look at uh, Usman Edwards. I, I mean, a shot to the head like that, again, a perfectly placed shot when your hand is in the right position to defend. Um, it's hard to imagine anything would have stopped that. And, and I really, no one saw that coming. Like, you know, Makachev by decision or maybe a sub, no one saw Islam head kicking him and dropping him in the first round. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, that was a very definitive way to answer that question of, well, uh, you know, it was the first time. What, what really was that was a definitive answer to that question, um, and at least puts you know uh, uh, him back in the featherweight division for for the time being. Yeah, but I say yes and no because back to what John Morgan was saying, I do. Even though it was in the first round, and it wasn't an endurance, it wasn't an endurance factor. I mean, listen, he did not have a game. I mean, he he, he took the fight off the couch. You can see on his body, he was a little softer than he obviously, if you look at his other fights and you look at him, sure. he took the fight off the couch. He took it without a camp. I think that uh, they fight again. Who knows how it's going to go? How, who knows how it would go? But as I'm sure you're thinking, Jimmy, with our picks, you know, with the fact that there was no camp, me factoring that in, obviously, 
you chose poorly, you chose wrong. You had awful, awful. You chose you. You were bad. You bad picks. I be terrible. First of all, with, with I'm like I did very well. I did very well on the picks, John Morgan. I don't want to be a braggart. Did well, I, I not facts. say though? You're not bragging if it's facts. Yeah, I know, but I did say, John. He's not telling you this. I did say to Matt that I I, I very much assumed Makachev was going to win. And that Shemaev and I was betting with my heart. And I was very, I'm sorry, my, you know, I bet with my heart, not my head, which is why I don't gamble. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I did choose incorrectly. Um, but uh, I was not su- surprised. Yeah. I am the worst winner. I'm not like this in life. I'm Jimmy. I'm way off this episode. I apologize. One. I'm taking big swings with my jokes in there. Oh my god! I think they're hitting. I feel landing. almost like a comedian when he's on stage and he's bombing. Yeah, but it's only in front of us and John Morgan. But really, it's in front of thousands. Oh, they're all going to hear it and see oh it. Yeah, my, I'm sure. Oh my goodness! Yeah. But not only that, I'm just way off. Should I apologize for my appearance today on Unfiltered? Apologize to absolutely no one. Fuck, that's right. Exactly. Goddamn right. Hey, you know what I did all morning? I feel like Victor Henry after this episode. <laughs> oh, Victor, I hope he's okay. God damn, did every man on the planet feel that? Crazy. Sorry, wow. Jimmy. You and uh, you asked an interesting question. Sometimes Jake will answer interesting questions. Uh, who has a better shot at dethroning Islam? Will it be Justin Gaethje or Charles Oliveira? I believe Charles Oliveira has a better shot of the two. Um, I, it's a very, very a good matchup, but I just think that Bakachev is so dangerous on the ground. I mean, I'm, I'm so torn with this right now, right? Because Charles Oliveira, uh, has beaten Justin Gaethje, right? Charles Oliveira had this fight lined up and then he has the accident training and he has to pull out of it. Dana White says after it's how ah, you got to give it back to him. I mean, he had it, but I don't know, man, I, I Justin Gaethje, I mean, good defensive wrestling hits like a truck. Nasty leg kicks, aggression, excitement, power. There's a big part of me that wants to see that Justin Gaethje fight right now. I, 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 you know, again, I don't want to take away a man's opportunity. Charles Oliveira has given us a decade plus in the UFC. He's one of the most exciting fighters in the game as well. He earned this shot. He had his shot. But man, there is a real big part of me that wants to see Justin Gaethje and Islam Mahashev fight. What what round was it? I believe uh, uh, Oliveira was the second round he lost in. Was it the third round that Gaethje lost in, or was it the second as well? Oh, the second against Khabib, I think he lost. How did he lose yep. to Makachev? Se- yeah, second Khabib, yep. And, and what about Makachev? Uh, oh, he hasn't fought Makachev. Right, right, no. right. He fought. Oh, you're correct. Okay. Oh, no, no. And not only that, I mean, people are like, you can't assume that that Islam's Islam's not Habib. They're different fighters. I mean, and they're both phenomenal in their own in their own way. Um, you know, I don't think it's even arguably. I'm gonna say that um Islam's the more well-rounded fighter because he's so dangerous standing. Not, and I, don't, I think Habib wasn't bad standing. I think he had a powerful right hand and he had yeah. a good jab. I don't, and he could stalk guys down with that. But his biggest strength with his, when he takes guys down is they're not getting up or they're getting smashed. Islam does the same thing, but could he do the same thing to somebody? Could he do to Justin like a, what Habib did to Justin? You can't assume he's going to. You know what I mean? Maybe more time would be spent on the feet which is to Justin's advantage. So, yep. I mean, it's a different, it's a, they're, they're different guys. So I think people are looking at that like, ah, he'll just take them down. Nobody did the Justin Gaethje what Habib did. Nobody. Nobody. So right. Nobody. To assume that Islam's going to do that is kind of disrespectful to Justin. Well, Oliveira, I was mixing up the Oliveira fight, uh, and that was a, a first round uh, uh, sub, even though uh, if you're, obviously uh, he was not eligible to win because he had missed weight. But yeah, that was the fight that I was thinking of was that he had a, he, Habib and then he won a fight and then he lost to Charles in the first. So, I mean, you know, uh, Makachev, I just think could present problems for him. Uh, I would like to see it because we haven't seen it, though. That's it. It's, 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 I mean, the way Matt laid it out is perfect. It's styles make fights, right? That's what makes it intriguing. You can't do that MMA math where it's like, well, he beat him, so he's yeah, going to sure. be No, no, no. It's the way these styles come together. So it's tough because, like I said, I don't want to take the opportunity away from Charles Oliveira, man. He's a phenomenal fighter. He had the opportunity. Uh, he deserves to have it again. But, man, 
I, I like Justin Gaethje walking around all fight week saying, I'm next, give me next, give me next, because I would love to see those two get in there and do it. And it, and again, as we later, it's a fight we haven't seen before. And that, I think that's always exciting too, right? Not that not that fights can't go different ways, you know, when you see rematches, but when you haven't seen it, it just adds that extra level of intrigue where you're like, gosh, you know, you're, you're breaking down theoretically what could happen, what might happen. So um, I, I like that Gaethje fight at some point. All right, John. Well, look, I be, there's no fights coming up this week, I believe, right? The UFC is off for the week. A rare uh, off week for the UFC. Once again, I want to promote. You're great, man. We love having you on. And uh, yeah. this is your first time on the show, or have you been on before? Been a long time. Been seven it has been. been too long. It's been far too long. I'm just going to say it now. Yeah, anytime you want, man. Uh, November 1st, Cage Fury Fighting Championship. They're going to launch CFFC Match Day. It's a new live event series. It's going to feature a full slate of uh, NCAA Division Wrestling meets in 23-24. Uh, First one, North Carolina with West Point taking on Campbell uh, and uh, North Carolina State against Presbyterian College and a number of high-profile rivalries like Wisconsin versus Iowa State, Illinois versus Missouri, uh, exclusively on UFC Fight Pass. And where can people uh, uh, follow you? John Morgan underscore MMA on X, which is Twitter, and at John Morgan MMA on Instagram. And uh, man, thank it. you. Anytime, yeah. John. We'd love to have you back. Anytime, you're, you're welcome to come. I appreciate that, guys. Anytime you got an open spot, I'll be happy to jump in, man. Love talking some MMA with you guys. Any, anytime I get to spend some time with my boy Matt Sarah, I'm happy to do that. Who doesn't want to do that, right? Well, who uh, hand raised. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. All right, buddy. Take care of yourself. Later, you John Morgan. Thanks, John. And uh, Matt, this was great. Really fun, man. And uh, Hey, Jimmy, listen. Yes, buddy. I don't claim to be a comedian. I just like to have a good time. Jimmy. That was fun. Jimmy, Jimmy, I, don't, I, don't know. Maybe I should have tried to get these things out of the episode, right? No. It is filtered. They were great. Oh, my God. I was, it was a home I run. Was bombing. Yeah, it's okay. But, boy, is it fun. Jimmy, I miss you already, and I'll talk to you in two days. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Did you want to plug anything? No, nah, tomorrow, Wednesday night, I'm at the Fat Black Pussycat doing an hour, and then I'm on that Burt Cruise. So I will not be here definitely Monday. Uh because they're not going to have really good Wi-Fi, I don't think. Bert, on that. You're on a cruise? I, I'm on a cruise. Yeah, Bert Kreischer's got a cruise, and I'm performing. Me, Mark Norman. Um, it's, going to the, it's only a four-day cruise. Wow. It'll have be great. I'll, Thanks, talk buddy. You, I'll talk to you in a couple of days. All right, talk to you Wednesday. Bye, everyone. Yeah, bye. Thank you, Jake. I did it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at Tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Ooh.